Hi everybody, I'm Maya. I'm Melissa. And I'm Olivia. And we're here to take you back to your Twilight, your Twilight phase. Okay, you two were perfectly in sync. I thought well, I, I was thought, right in sync with Maya. I thought I was in sync with Maya. I thought Olivia <laughs> was out of sync. That makes okay. sense. Melissa and I both have the exact same lag on our Wi-Fi to Maya. So we both thought we were perfectly in tune with Maya, but really we're in tune. What if when we listened to this back, it like was actually perfect? We'll see. It seems doubtful. It but you know. Who's to say? Honestly, it can never be perfect from here moving forward. One day we will be no. together again. Okay, actually there is some kind of software that you can use to eliminate lag. That's how people... Like when you watch like Hamilton people do songs together. Oh, that's got to be pre-recorded. There's there's no like an audio way. But like, how would you even pre-record it? Anyway, so, I know people I who it. do musical improv and they use a software <laughs> that eliminates lag so that they can be in sync with each I other from separate places. Fucking love musical improv. I've been to one show and it was amazing listeners if you're ever in new york you have to go see your love our musical at caveat on the lower east side it is the (laughs) most amazing show they bring up a couple and they interview them and then they improvise a musical based on their love story and it's so amazing whoa i mean who knows when we'll ever be able to do things like that again yeah who knows when you'll be able to come here but again one day also listeners if you couldn't tell we've been thinking a lot about the quality of this podcast uh we're working real hard i don't know if it's changed yet but yeah we've been thinking a lot about it but like we're trying different no probably not (laughs) it might be a little maybe a little better maybe it's a little worse maybe i don't i don't think it's worse if you want to support us in our goal of improving the audio quality of the podcast we do have a handy dandy patreon give me we love your you fucking money give me your fucking money although we love you just Except as much like in a nice way and we're gonna give you cool stuff if you do it uh, yeah we have bonus episodes that we're recording we have a monthly virtual hang we have cool stickers we read your tarot card bitches yeah it's gonna be with our tarot card fed huh it's great and i won't speak for myself but i will say that olivia and melissa are like incredibly astute tarot readers Wow. You're like, astute too, Maya. Do Thank not you. yourself. I didn't want to compliment myself about it. Don't um, doubt yourself. But we're all talented. It's going to be fun. Yeah, we're all extremely talented. I mean, some of us may be a little more talented. I but it's impossible who, to know. It's impossible to know, but we're all still <laughs> very talented. Uh, if you can't afford or don't want to contribute to the Patreon, that is Fuck okay. You. There's no pressure. No, that's we love you anyway. The the end of the sentence is we love you anyway. Absolutely not yeah. true. Okay, absolutely well, not true. Speaking of listeners who like us and support <laughs> us, we have <laughs> listener emails to read, and even the ones we who don't support our Patreon are still valued members of this community. That's correct. Okay, I don't hate them. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, so Michelle wrote in. Michelle. She says, I recently entered one of my twilight apologist phases, where once every year or two, I think to myself, twilight wasn't that bad. And then I try to find media that validates how I feel or even do a reread. 
Besides the video essay by Lindsay Ellis for Stephanie Meyer, I had trouble finding media that didn't have the strict message, Twilight is the worst or Twilight is perfect. You guys know this video essay by Lindsay Ellis? No, but I now I gotta it. check it out. She was looking for somebody who could see both the merits and the detriments to Twilight and Stephanie's writing. And she says she likes that our podcast acknowledges some of the ways in which Stephanie's writing, though flawed, still has a way of drawing in the reader. That's how we yeah. feel. That's what we're here That's to true. do. Yeah. Yeah. Listeners, um, we're reading New Moon one like chapter by chapter, but I literally finished it last night because I couldn't like not finish it. The so, momentum. Like, the momentum exactly. is real. Yep. It builds. It's still problematic as fuck, but I read it in a night. <laughs> yep. That's- and the momentum picks up so much earlier than I remember. I remember yeah. the whole mm. middle being like such a slog slog. but when i'm looking at like the table of contents we're like on chapter 13 of 24 and i know that like next chapter it like really starts moving and i'm like oh yeah now i mean finding out all the werewolf stuff it's already picking up yeah it was really only what like maybe four chapters that were like kind of rough yeah (laughs) yeah totally but those are the chapters i remember so mm, definitely yeah in a bad way (laughs) uh we also heard from melina who is listening to the Hi. twilight audiobook and wanted to flash us back to the terrible timeline of bella and edward's relationship which relates so well to the timeline of bella and jacob's relationship which we were talking Ooh. about last week and Ooh. you know we were talking about how bella's like jumped in she's like well you know we've been friends for three weeks guess it's all you know, I'm all in for right. life now. You're a murderer and I'm okay with it. <laughs> Melina says that she double-checked the dates with the Twilight lexicon timeline. I already love this. She and Edward really weren't getting along at all well. Then within two weeks of them having some nicer interactions, she's learned about vampires, decided she's unconditionally and irrevocably in love <laughs> him, and is risking it all in Phoenix. <laughs> Melina, this was delightful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's worth, I have been and will remain in favor of Edward and Bella as a couple, but still, which is exactly how I feel. It's like, I'm going to complain yeah. the fuck out of like how fast she just like decides everything. Yeah, and whatever. Still is italicized. So there's just like a real flair to this email. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Listen, I will forever complain about it, but will I support it? Yeah. 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 (laughs) And to reiterate, she says, so now with Jacob, Bella has done the same thing, just a little over a month of time being friends, and she's decided to be cool with Jacob probably being a killer and so quickly willing to forgive how weird he was acting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so honestly, it tracks. She needs therapy. This is good on Stephanie for maintaining character between books. (laughs) great point it's a little deja vu which i also want to get into later but we'll there's so there. much there. and then i just want to read one more email which came from julia. julia and i just wanted to excerpt part of it talking about twilight and bella as a narrator and character to me there's always something there in the mundane that i find interesting mm-hmm. bella was written in a way that i haven't really seen since it's self-insert enough to relate to I didn't really find why a protagonist later who I could also say, oh, I can relate to her. So I never really ventured into the other novels. It could definitely be done better. And then she asks, how would you write the high school subplot in a way that makes it more interesting or worthwhile for people? What should an editor have considered when looking at this subplot? And is it salvageable? 
Okay, one, I want to state my opinion first in that I thought the high school plot in Twilight was dope. I think the high school subplot in New Moon sucks. Okay, explain. Um, because all of my favorite scenes that happen in Twilight, like biology class, gym class, the cafeteria, those That's are all true. the things I remember about Twilight, and they're all like part of the high school subplot. So like I totally uh-huh. thought it was was a hope. But now in New Moon, we, you know, get the high school stuff like barely. And I it's 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 not remarkable, but like she still is just as much a high school student as she was before. I hear you. I think the way that I'm kind of thinking about it is like we have criticized Bella so much for like not really making real friends and also it's weird that like the Cullens repeat high school so often so I definitely agree with you especially for Twilight that the high school setting is really excellent Mm. and high key Mm. iconic but as an editor I would speak to Stephanie and be like okay how can we dig into Bella's time at school and make it more fruitful and interesting? Like, how can we give her some interesting relationships with these people that, you know, reveal more about her character or make the plot even more twisty and complicated? We definitely learn about Bella's character from the fact that she doesn't really make any friends, but it doesn't really reflect great on her. And it's not the most interesting thing as a reader. And we've talked so much about like, if only she could just gossip with Jess and Angela about what's Mm -hmm. going on in her love life. I'd be like, why don't we see some of that? So I do think it's salvageable and it's about like the relationships. Yeah, definitely. I think one of the things that bothers me the most about the missing high school piece is that I think we've touched before on how Bella has almost nothing to lose. Like, it's sort of too easy Mm. for her to Mm -hmm. choose Edward and and become a vampire. Like, she has this, like, sort of tenuous, distanced relationship with her parents because she calls them by their first names and I don't know, just sort of keeps them at arm's length. And then she doesn't make any close human friends. So I think in terms of a narrative and the relationships that she has, there aren't high enough stakes for her to make this choice. And it's really interesting because listeners, I'm going to assume that you have either read um, To All the Boys I've Loved Before, seen the movie, or know the premise. Let's compare To All the Boys I've Loved Before to Twilight. Twilight, the stakes are literally life and death. Bella could die from being with Edward. To all the boys I've loved before, the stakes are humiliation. Lara Jean's letters, this is the premise, it's not a spoiler, Lara Jean has written love letters to every boy that she's ever loved, and her little sister has accidentally mailed them out. The stakes of To All the Boys feel much, much higher than the stakes of Twilight, even though in reality they aren't. Like, dying is a bigger deal than being embarrassed but it feels so much worse and like Mm. cutting and personal when it's love letters so to Olivia's point if Bella had like real relationships with people and she had to think about like giving them up the stakes would be a lot more higher because it would be more personal I also think for me the whole her dynamic with Jacob 
sort of makes me less invested in the love triangle. I mean, at this moment of the reread, like, because she's, like, really invested in him as a friend, obviously, and Mm -hmm. I like that dynamic between them, but the, the romantic tension is so clearly Jacob likes her, and she has stated explicitly that she doesn't like him that way, but is sort of considering it in order to not lose him. Those stakes feel like, icky. It's really weird, too, because when it mm. turns into an actual love triangle, that's what, like, Eclipse, where yeah. she's like, I am in love with Jacob. I didn't realize before this, but actually, I do have romantic feelings for Jacob yeah. as well. And so we go this entire book, New Moon, where we're like, bruh she's not into you leave her alone and it's like weird for her to just be like oh I realized I loved him instead of like I don't know after the fact yeah yeah like changing and like falling in love and us like watching that journey so it's just like it happened but that's that's a a, Bella's a lot of decision making is that she just sort of like comes to the realization later she doesn't like ever really take us through her process well, a couple of times she has, and it's gone very well. Yeah, when she decides to be rebellious. Yeah, why don't we get more of that? Right. And then other times she's just like, well, this is how it is, which she definitely does more of as we continue to read. So. <laughs> Guess I'm going to Italy. <laughs> Due to our unfortunate technological difficulties last <gasps> week. They were so we, painful. I hope that you couldn't tell too much from uh, the listener end but uh anyways I mean I gave up I'm sure it sounds great okay cool <laughs> yeah do you mean they couldn't tell as in like the quality wasn't so terrible that they yes. could okay because I, mean. I think we, we were bemoaned clear. it okay. we bemoaned it the <laughs> entire time I, I also definitely at a certain point was like I don't fucking care how this episode sounds I need it out of my life so they might I be just turned my AC on like I don't give a <laughs> shit exactly <laughs> this must end <laughs> okay so we're gonna pick up where we left off I will do a little mini recap I guess of what we have left to talk about sounds good great because I have no idea okay so we left off with Bella making just that decision that once you cared about a person, it was impossible to be logical about them anymore. Oh, Jacob yeah. was my friend whether he killed people or not. So no. we were we were diving deep into that. Oh, yeah, my you therapy. Know, talk, yeah, talking about Melissa's therapy that Bella really needs also. Mm-hmm. And so Bella and Jacob are still talking about, they're sort of having this conversation where they both think that they both know the whole story and they actually do not. So, classic. calls her a hypocrite. She starts to bring up how she hangs out with the Cullens. So why is she feeling so terrible about him being a werewolf? We kind of got into, I think we had kind of jumped ahead a little bit this too. And she doesn't mind that he's a werewolf. She just minds that he kills people. And so they finally come to the conclusion that the werewolves are not the ones killing the hikers. They're actually protectors. Jacob reveals that the werewolves only exist because vampires do. Um, And he also says that they've killed Laurent, which Bella is really relieved about, but also 
I totally didn't prepare at all. <laughs> I was just thinking. I was like gonna get ready for my week to do the recap. I was so determined to be so prepared for my recap. And then I totally wasn't. Yeah, I'm really sorry, but I was just thinking I can't like give Olivia a great grade. So terribly right. Now. <laughs> okay. We find out that werewolves turn into werewolves when they're really angry, which I also have lots of feelings about. And they finally talk about Victoria and Laurent. Bella says Victoria must be there to hunt Bella herself. And so Jacob wants to go tell all of the other werewolves that now they have this new information. And then it just keeps fucking going. Oh, we learned that he's bound by things that the alpha says, like Sam. So we learn a little bit more about how werewolves actually work. And they talk more about how to actually get rid of Victoria. And then they go off to talk to all the rest of the werewolves. It's a long conversation. I give you uh, a five. Yeah, I deserve that. I am going to go with a six instead of a five because I feel like after you acknowledged that it was not going well, you really pulled it together. Um, That's true. I'll give you a five and a half. It was really like when it was Maya's turn, I was like, I'm going to like take notes. I have the whole thing prepared. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I don't do my homework for this podcast. And this is a chapter that we technically already recapped. We've already recapped it. It's only (laughs) half a chapter. I deserve my 55%. It was, it was very thorough. (laughs) (laughs) And at a leisurely pace. (laughs) Don't worry, I'll edit it all together. Half of one chapter. Okay, I would like to start by jumping back to when Jacob first said that he would run away from this if he could. Back when they were in Bella's bedroom together and he's all dramatic and he says, I'm in this for life, a life sentence. And he's all super bleak about it. And I was just Mm -hmm. thinking about, I was trying to put myself in his shoes of like, you find out that you're a werewolf and it's tied to his family and his heritage. And I think it's kind of strange that he's so 100% negative about this. Like I understand that it's a difficult transition as it's happening and we learn more about the downsides of it. But wouldn't part of you think it was really cool? Especially Constantine also knows about vampires, and vampires are disgusting and truly yeah, terrible. They're the bad guys. Like, he has this narrative of them being the good guys. He gets to be a protector right. of his tribe. It kind of made me think about how we don't get very much about his feelings about his heritage or family or background before all the werewolf stuff. Like, we really only hear about it in terms of being a werewolf. And yeah. it's very negative at this point. I see your point, but I think that personally, I probably would agree with Jacob because like the way it's been presented to him is like his whole life is over. Like all of his dreams that he had before will now be secondary to these new loyalties that he has. And like one of those dreams was like being with Bella. Because by now he's definitely met Emily and he knows that it's like dangerous to be in a relationship with a wolf. And plus Bella is a bloodsucker lover. It's true, she is. 
but I feel like they've probably told him like you can't be with her right like because it keeps him away from her he's like unable to see any cool aspects just because she isn't allowed to know about it like this is the point where he's not even sure that she'll know his real experience right well he thinks that she's going to be like disgusted by him yeah that's true and also still like mostly aligned with the vampires who are their enemy like you know before he wasn't in direct opposition of you know the previous love of her life but now he is and and he sees himself in very opposition here and so you feel like he's like thought that far through it i guess maybe I just feel like I it think would so. be so much bigger than just his relationship with Bella. Like, he's finally figured out this whole mystery of his friends. He's on the inside instead of outside of that whole situation. You get to literally even, be a wolf and hear people in your brain. Even on the inside, like, as he says, I don't know if it's this book. I think it might be Eclipse or maybe Breaking Dawn. He's, like, he is meant to be the alpha lineage wise mm-hmm. it's like supposed to be him not sam but he's like i don't want that responsibility and so now there's like yeah, all this also like you know community pressure on him that he did not seek out and actively does not want because you know he's kind of just like a doofy teenage boy i mean and yeah he's, he's still like, a 16 year old boy it's a lot at once to, like, it's like way more boss? intense puberty yeah yeah i'm sure he's horny as fuck <laughs> There does seem to be a lot of testosterone involved. Yeah, it's true. I just, I don't know. I just feel like if I found out I was a werewolf, at least part of me would think it was cool. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, he does eventually communicate that. He's just right now really stuck in the, I can't talk to my best friend about this slash the person that I want to be with. And she's probably going to hate me. Again, for two weeks. They've been hanging out for like two weeks. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) he does seem kind of like exhilarated by the vampire hunting yeah he likes that part he definitely is positive about that aspect yeah oh yeah he's super into killing these things that he doesn't view as people I don't know I'm just thinking about myself and like I don't think I would like it I don't think I'd like the loss of privacy having them in my brain all the time when I'm a wolf is that only when they're wolves it's only when only when they're wolves it's only when they're wolves Yeah, but, like, I can't control my thoughts. As soon as I turned into a wolf, I would think the worst stuff. (laughs) It's a nightmare. Mind reading in general. But if you're a human and Edward's just reading your mind and you have no idea about it. Yeah. If I, like, found out, oh, my gosh, I'm a witch and I'm part of, like, a coven of witches, I'd be like, ooh, cool. But there's downsides to any supernatural thing that you are. There's downsides to puberty. (laughs) True. I don't know. Like, like there's no one supernatural being that would be, like, all cool. That's kind of the point. Unicorn. But you literally find out that magic is real and that you can turn into a werewolf and, like, later yeah, on, I think we get a dope. lot of the, like, really close-knit, the, like, pack dynamic friend thing. It's, like, you're just, like, in, no matter what. It's, like, one of those yeah. sort of I mean, I created family situations, which is really appealing. Yes, that is definitely something that I find appealing. And also, as a child, I wanted to turn into an animal. And you know what? Yeah. They just get to do that. I know. So I'm, I'm on board. 
yeah if you gave me a button so that I could like press a button and turn into a wolf once just to try it I'd be like hell yeah (laughs) but like if I had to like keep in control of myself all the time and never get mad so I never hurt people and also I'm not allowed to move away because I gotta like be around to protect the land I'd be like I mean okay but like the things that we don't like are the things that are problematic for these groups of people in particular like do I think that they should go to fucking anger management class or something or like seek therapy yes and then probably it wouldn't be so much difficult for them to just like not shake and turn into wolves or whatever you know I think there are solutions that these dumb teenage boys are not seeking well it seems like becoming a werewolf does something to your brain so that you're kind of more hair trigger and your anger like triggers this response where you turn into a wolf but I know Olivia has thoughts about this because it's yeah kind of racist yes. is that is that what you're gonna say Okay, I, it is, that wasn't even what I was going to bring up in the moment. I feel like in general, I just hate this concept. Like the whole oh, yeah. being angry turns you into the monster part of you, but also that's like the part of you with strength. That whole concept, I just hate it. And I don't, it's fucked up. I don't even know that I've like articulated to myself what it is that I hate about that concept. I think there is sort of like a, patriarchal and also racist piece to it that's sort of like I don't know if it's I mean, like values uncontrollable male rage yes, in a I think way it does. you know like I it makes exactly you powerful it but it's uncontrollable but it, in some ways it's the best part of you right they're the ones that get shit done they're the ones that are like the mythical thing that are like revered you know before they're just like regular old people and then like they get angry and they become better I think it's also sort of plays into the myth of like oh I couldn't help myself like something about a man fundamentally changes when he's upset to the point that it becomes an impulse that he cannot literally cannot control which is bullshit Right, which kind of absolves them of controlling yes. it. Yeah. Even though, yes. like, then the journey of the monster is to control the rage and be able to utilize it when he wants to and not only when forced to. Right. This isn't the same, but it reminds me a lot of, like, the idea of the mad genius that, like, if you're a creative type, and you're mentally ill then your illness like fuels your creativity and you like shouldn't get treatment you shouldn't get any kind of therapy because it will change you as a person and you'll lose that spark of creativity that makes you special right you won't be as good of an artist yeah like you need to suffer in order for your art to be valuable and it's like Uh that is garbage you do not need to suffer to be a good artist and in fact it often hurts your art (laughs) Yeah. And guess what? You need to control your anger, even if it is your main mode of turning into a mythical beast. Right. Was there more, Maya, that you wanted to say about the racism inherent in this also? 
I mean, just spelling it out in case any of our listeners who are all very smart and therefore I'm sure see this for themselves, but it's just like gross that the the brown people in the book get angry and turn into animals when yeah. brown people um, are often compared to animals as part of like racist rhetoric. <laughs> very eloquent. So. I, that also, I wanted to bring up how we find out that basically the werewolves exist to kill vamp, like because of the vampires. I'm so curious about the first wolves. That's a good point. Like, like why and when did it happen? Yeah, like how, the okay, chicken so, or the egg part. isn't it supposed to be related to their creation story? It says they're descended from wolves and we know that like when the vampires started coming around that's when they started becoming werewolves but it's when like started shifting did they was it intentional were they like there's a threat and so we need to tap into our like ancestral ability let's just try it and then it worked or I like mean, Stephanie certainly sets it up as a completely uncontrollable thing like none of these boys have any control over the facts that they became werewolves or when they turn into wolves right now it's completely uncontrollable that's true but now is like now you know it's like when the first wolves Mm -hmm. right werewolves like hit the scene was it initially like an intentional thing like we are purposefully developing this to protect our people and then later it became something that was like passed down or not i don't know maybe this is in the guide Listeners, if you read the guide, yeah. I never read that. Um, Tell us, I don't want to read it. Yeah, let us know. I'll, I'll get it and I'll read it and we can do an episode on it. Well, we got a listener letter that was like, actually, the guide is really awesome. So you should check it out. So I'm kind of curious. I'm, I want to. Okay, the part that I wanted to read is on page 309. It's the first time that Jacob says Bella, honey, which I fucking hate. Uh, I also circled that first time. I've circled every other instance that he Me has too. called her honey and like wrote it. ew in all like capital it. letters. I wrote it's yuck disgusting. in all caps. I think it's probably yeah. my worst. I hate it. Yeah, any any sentence that he has honey in is, I was like, get rid of it now. Thumbs down. We only protect people from one thing, our one enemy. It's the reason we exist, because they do. And also in the flashback to the Twilight section, Bella asks, werewolves have enemies? And he says, only one. First of all, why are there only two monsters? That's stupid. Second of all, <laughs> to decenter the story of this tribe's shape-shifting abilities to the point where the only reason they exist is to kill vampires really offends me. Like, they can be their own fucking thing. And then when there's a threat, they get rid of the threats, whatever the threats are. But for the vampires to be like the main event, to be the main monster like they, where like right. the werewolves only exist in response of, to the white pale people who right. have control over themselves and the werewolves have no control over what happens to them. It's all very, it takes away all their agency and it really decenters them in the story and it's icky. Yeah, it's gross to make, I agree. like, the protagonist in a story a secondary character in that story. 
Like we yeah. already narratively, like it's already sort of happening narratively because obviously this is book two when we get to know Jacob. So we're all already invested in Edward as the love interest. So it kind of happens to Jacob in that way. And then uh -huh. also the entire mythology of his magic is also subcategorized under the vampire magic. Right. Which is also not necessary. No, it's completely unnecessary. That doesn't add anything, though. Like, they could just be hanging out over here. Yeah. And it's regular puberty and, like... Right. Whatever. They all when there's turn more threat of any kind, maybe more of them turn into wolves than at other times. I don't know. There's many ways to do this that right. doesn't subsume all of the tribe mythology under the vampire mythology. I'm so painfully curious to know what it was like when Sam turned into a wolf for the first time. Like, yeah. did this happen? And then he finally got under control enough to turn back into a person. And he was like, guess I'm going to go talk to a tribal elder and just ask um, if this means <laughs> anything. Like, I wouldn't tell anybody. Like... <laughs> That's true. Well, so Jacob had already told this story, like he knew the mythology of the wolves as part That's of true. the tribal background. So I think that makes it a little more likely that like maybe you would go to your, the old people and be like- If this happened to you, like I'm trying to imagine in my like wolfy form, if I would <laughs> even be able to figure out that I was a wolf. I know, that's so- Interesting. I think that I probably would have kept it to myself initially and then you know as soon as someone else also is able to turn into a werewolf he would know because he could hear them and he'd be like oh shit okay now, let's get together <laughs> you wouldn't be angry alone you would have to do it would happen in front of somebody else well I don't know right? no I don't think that you only turn into a wolf when you're angry Getting right. angry can make you turn into a wolf, but like wolf. when right. Jacob first turned into a wolf, he was like running even hotter than normal. He had that, right. like his temperature was up. He didn't feel blanket. well. Like it was already happening for him. Right. He also does willingly become a wolf in order to talk to the other pack wolf. members and then That's turns true. back. That's true. So the anger thing is just like an added yeah yeah it's just another i think that you'd be able to tell that you're a werewolf i well i mean it might be like sensory overload to the point where like you can't really assess anything i don't think i'd be able to think if you stayed there long enough you could like look at your body i'm trying to think like how and much smell could you see? and be like oh i can smell really well and would you do you think you'd have like body sense you know how sometimes they say that the sixth sense is like perception of your own body like if you close your eyes you can feel your body moving around some people call that an actual sense would you still have that as a wolf and would you be like oh my god I have a tail I think that you would develop that but you're like first time first as a time wolf would be, I think yeah. you'd be way too overwhelmed right. but like once you thought to turn your head back and you like see your little wolfy rump and your tail you're like um okay I have a tail and from there you'd like be aware of your Must tail. Must be a wolf. Maybe you could see your back feet and you'd be like okay I have back feet um okay. I would probably think that I was like I don't know dreaming or hallucinating or something. That's and then... true you probably would at first think. If I was awake and like this started happening I would just think that I had like lost 
all grip on reality. Right. Yeah, I guess yes. that's more likely. If I knew I weren't dreaming, I'd just be like, I fucking, my brain has ended. Like I'm having an aneurysm <laughs> and all those neurons right. are misfiring and this is what I'm experiencing, but it's not right. real. Like my yeah, first thought would not true. be, I turned into a dog. <laughs> <laughs> woof, woof. <laughs> well, I guess I'll figure out how to deal with this now. Okay, I want to go back to Olivia's earlier point. I will concede that even though I think being a werewolf is like freaky and maybe it wouldn't be for me, once you get used to it, it would be cool to like run really fast and like. I mean, it's your own like magic is real moment. I just think if I found out that magic was real, whatever form that magic took, I would think it was cool. Olivia. Even if it involves some downsides for me. The magic of imagination has always been real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured that out a long time ago. Okay, but there probably are some, I don't know, mythical creatures where if you found out that you were that mythical creature, you'd be like, Fuck. really? This is what, what a this letdown. is what I am and not, right? Like a vampire or whatever. Okay, but I don't think it would I'm be I'm Mothman. Right? <laughs> I'd be into that. And that's only because our friend Shelly is so into Mothman that I know Mothman is cool. Go back and okay, listen but- to Shelly's mini-sode, guys. <laughs> I'm sure that we would, we all have something where if we like found out. What would I be disappointed in? There's probably one. Exactly. I don't know. Yeah, there's no upside to troll. Very disappointed in troll. Exactly. And that's your magic is real moment. And then you find out that there are werewolves and shit. I'd be like, okay, but what else is there? This can't be it. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm 100% convinced that we're not at vampires and werewolves here. Like. One, Bella is something. She got freaking foresight out the wazoo. I know. Yeah, Bella just is psychic. Like, this is a world where psychics are real. And they don't talk about it, but she just is. It also explains why no one can read her goddamn mind, too. I'm like, girlfriend, there's clearly something up with you. Why do you just assume you're human? I commented on a post about this on Tumblr where somebody else also pointed out that like obviously Bella's power should have carried over in some form with this psychic stuff and wow being away from work really has made me just like not think words anymore. Um, I was gonna say about it. Olivia has been away from work for the past two weeks and she's about to go back next week and I'm going to be away from work for two weeks, and I can tell I really need it because I canceled a meeting, and the very next day texted my boss like, yeah, it's weird. No one put anything on the agenda, Uh, and he was like, that's because you canceled it, and I was like, oh yeah, (laughs) the day before, so thank God for furlough. I'm ready. I figured out what I was going to say, and then immediately forgot again I figured it out yeah (laughs) um I talked about how either Bella's dreams are like a totally missed opportunity and Stephanie didn't use this whole psychic thing that Bella had and then I realized that maybe it's just because uh they were like lazy plot devices like when Bella needed to figure something out she just like put in a dream that that explained it to her instead of something more substantial 
as a plot device to make Bella understand that's what's a thousand going on. percent what they were and so that's why she never developed it into anything because yeah. it wasn't a thing to her it was just like the way that you move the plot is that Bella has a dream about it you're totally right she was never like conscious like oh I'm developing this trait for Bella no. she was just like those are um things that happened neat I mean, I do think that Stephanie has this, like, weird thing with dreams anyway, because, you know, she, like, had the whole concept of Twilight from a dream, and so I do think she has, like, her own sort of individual relationship with dreams to begin with. There's a question. Do you guys believe Stephanie's story that Twilight came to her in a dream and it was Edward and Bella talking in the meadow, or do you believe what I suspect, which was that it was Stephanie and Edward talking in the meadow? (laughs) And Stephanie Definitely knew that was Stephanie. way too embarrassing, so she said it was Bella. I think we've talked about this before, and I definitely think it was Stephanie in the dream. It had to be. Like, yeah. I sort of maybe have dreams that are about other people, but, like, usually it's from your own point of view. And Bella is Stephanie. They right. look the same. They are the same. Definitely self-insert. A hundred percent. I support it. And that's why... She's so relatable. Yeah, I mean, yeah, totally. (laughs) Good for Stephanie. I'm so glad she did this, but I also wish she would have developed some of it more, i.e. the dream shit. Yes, absolutely. True. Okay, so Jacob says, Bella, honey, blah, blah, blah. We all throw up in our mouths. Jacob is like, hey, um, don't worry. Like, killing bloodsuckers is really easy for us and it like doesn't count as murder because you know vampires aren't people people. i was like jacob this is very offensive and disrespectful Mm -hmm. because you know that bella loves the cullens so no matter how you personally feel about them it's just rude to say that to her and two like deciding some people aren't people is a real slippery slope they're humanoid like they look like people so it's right. like just good practice to not be like they aren't people. <laughs> they don't count. Also, this is coming from someone who just transformed into a supernatural being. Right. So... Like, what the fuck is your definition of being people? Yeah. I'm sure he would talk about them being dead. Yeah, but... he would be like, well, I have a heartbeat. But what about like the werewolves being as wolves? I could call them not people. Yeah, technically you're a dog. That's not a people. I'm still not going to murder you. But also there are categories of non-human persons. Like dolphins are considered non-human people because dolphins are so smart. (laughs) Yeah, did you not know this? I did not know that. (laughs) I knew they were, I knew they were wicked smart, but I didn't. I knew, yeah, wicked smart. Yeah, it's not like all around the world, but like a lot of places categorize dolphins as non-human people does that because, include like, elephants also um i haven't read about that but i would assume so because like elephants like have like a clear consciousness and like they can problem solve they have self-conception and they have relationships like yeah anyways so do vampires yeah <laughs> anyway jacob continues to be problematic as fuck yeah and I'm really not about him he says that before he even really knows how Bella feels about Laurent. Because she's like, Laurent is dead? His expression changed. You're not upset about that, are you? <laughs> so he's like pretty sure how she feels about it, but she he doesn't know who Laurent is. Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> At one point, he's like, we were like 
we waited to be sure that he was going to kill you before we got him. Like, <laughs> we we checked. Which is so <laughs> wild to me because, like, the werewolves hate vampires so much that, like, they would kill him even if he wasn't yeah. going to kill Bella. Well, I think that's part of the treaty. Yeah, but they, like, knew the Cullens. And that definitely only applies to the Cullens themselves. But maybe it's something with the Cullen land. I mean, yeah. But I think, like, if you're right there on Cullen... I've read the entire book now, so I have um, some in-depth knowledge of the treaty now. Thank you. They were on Cullen land, and they're only allowed to attack them if he had bitten them. And so they, they actually attacked preemptively um, because he... Laurent didn't... Yeah, Laurent no, didn't No, he did. Her. He killed people. He didn't bite Bella, but he killed people. Well, they don't know that was him. No, that's true. Somebody killed people. It's true. They just found... It was either him right. or Victoria. Right. At this point, they did already know about Victoria. And so, technically, they're... I mean, they usually take the treaty very seriously at other points of the book. So, except for this time. Well, they waited for him time. to almost kill her, and then... But they're hunting vampires this whole time. They're not out there waiting for vampires to decide that they're going to kill random hikers and then they right, attack. Right, but the, the hikers are normally on Lapush Lane. Oh. They're in their territory. They can do whatever they want to vampires in their own territory. Oh, uh, that makes more sense. But the meadow mm-hmm. isn't their territory. Right, the meadow oh. isn't their territory. The meadow is it's Cullen territory. So do you think they were at the meadow because Laurent had been running around and they were following his scent? Or do you think they were like patrolling outwards looking for vampires even though they were no longer on their own territory yeah i think they were just kind of like out looking oh i would have said the opposite i would have said that they were tracking laurent and then bella happened to be there oh i mean whatever listeners write in with your theory i would like to know bella's like but how did you kill him he's like really strong and tough and (laughs) jacob's like well guess what bells I'm strong and tough, too. (laughs) And he's like, but, like, I would have told you that we killed him. Like, you didn't need to be so scared. And she was like, you weren't around. And he's like, oh, (laughs) right. Like, she (laughs) called you a million times, you fucking dipshit. (laughs) I really just wrote, boys are so dumb. (laughs) Like, incredibly rude. I, I just, there are so many points where I just do not like Jacob. There are so many points where I do like him. Honestly, a lot of them were before he turned into a werewolf. But there's just so many where I'm like, I don't understand why people like you. Also, after he saw that Laurent was going to kill Bella, he didn't think like, okay, even though we're not supposed to talk to her. Maybe I should make the argument to Sam and the rest of the guys that we should check on her. Right. Maybe she knows some information that would be good for us. And also, shouldn't we we be sure she's okay? Like, didn't they show up early enough to understand that they were having a conversation? A conversation. Like, she has to have some level of information about him if they were conversing before he was maybe going to kill her. Right. And she's already supposed to be a blood sucker lover. And also Right, like she clearly already knows about vampires. Right. And they are under the assumption that Laurent is going to kill her. So right. like you should probably know about it. Even if she didn't know anything at all about vampires, they should be like, Hey, she could tell she was about to get murdered. Right. Uh, we should just check on her. 
Like, we should just see if she needs anything. Okay, well, Jacob's not actually a good friend. Well, yeah, that's why I agree with you. Here's another time that I don't like him, which is a time that actually really reminded me of Bella's dynamic with Edward when um, he first explains that if he gets too mad, he'd turn into a wolf. And Bella asks, you don't need a full moon? He rolled his eyes. Hollywood's version doesn't get much right. And I just felt like it reminded me of that time when Bella and Edward are in the cafeteria and she asks what would happen if he ate human food. And he's like, <laughs> obviously I'll be fine. You could eat dirt, couldn't you? And it's like, you're a supernatural being. This is the first conversation you've ever had about it. The only fact, like werewolves in common mythology is you turn into a wolf and also something about the full moon. Like those are the basics. So Bella asking about the full moon and receiving an eye roll is just patronizing and really annoying. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I am sure that if like when Jacob first transformed and then he finally had a real conversation with Sam and the rest of the pack yeah. about what a wolf is, that he had some questions. Right. right. Like, like what about the full moon? It's like, mm, yeah, like, is there anything with the, the full moon? Is that a thing? And they're like, no, just checking. How is she supposed to know? Yeah. Oh, it's so irritating. Bella is already so open with the like existence of mythical creatures to begin with, where most right. humans would not be. And right. then to it's like treat her very regular, normal, rational questions as if they're stupid. Right. Like right. bitch, you're lucky that she's even trying to understand this shit. Right. This is like two minutes after he's like wait you're not really upset that I'm a werewolf and she's like no I'm just upset if you kill people and then he's like oh I don't kill people and then two minutes later he's like oh you're so dumb why would this have anything to do with a full moon it reminds me of our excellent listener Eric who wrote in about all the mansplaining that happens to Bella and he was oh. so right because like everybody mansplains to Bella all the time when in reality she is the one that like has problem solving skills yeah and like <laughs> can put pieces together she's very good at connecting the dots between things she in this situation has a ton of information that jacob needs and he does he stumbles upon it he doesn't ask her things yeah he's oh. just like yeah well we just don't know what she's after because you know we killed laurent but blah 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 and she's like it's me, you dumbass. <laughs> like, she's trying to get me. Right. And he's like, oh, that makes sense. Like, even at this point, we can assume that Bella knows something about vampires, probably, right. that they don't know. But he's just in that spot of, like, yeah. I already know so much more than Bella. I'm going to tell right. you how it is. Right. That doesn't even occur to There's him. There's nothing this stupid human could tell me. Yeah. Like, it's truly so absurd that they watch this interaction with Laurent kill Laurent and then they're like what could Victoria need there's no way to know without thinking maybe Bella has clues when we yeah. go check on her which we're gonna do because we're good people and we know she just <laughs> had a bad experience maybe we'll ask if it seems like a good time right she's maybe the only person who has communicated with the thing that you're hunting because you refuse to communicate with the thing that you're hunting they kill other people. So like, why don't you talk to the one person that you know has literally conversed with this person? Yeah. That makes sense. 
Um, then we come up to the part of the chapter where I wrote a joke in the notes that I was so <laughs> proud of that I texted <laughs> Melissa. <laughs> That's your couple name. <laughs> Melissa. Melissa and Olivia to tell them my joke and they were like we don't get it and I it's maybe get not it. funny i kind of got it once you explained it i got it <laughs> i just like you know a like good sign of a joke isn't typically that you have to explain it just um, have a joke okay so bella is aware that victoria is like looking for her now which as previously stated makes no fucking sense because she already knew Victoria was here, looking for me, killing strangers in the woods. The woods where Charlie was searching. So she's all upset because she's like, my dad. And my joke is, think, Bella, think. What would Jane Austen do? And I was so proud of my joke. Um, and I think I texted back like, um, is it funny because she idolizes Jane Austen, but Jane Austen would not know what to do in this situation? Yeah, you know, it's just like, let me, let me tell you why it's so funny. <laughs> you see, the reason this joke is hilarious is because Bella thinks she's so special because she loves Jane Austen, but it's like, look, how is that helping any of your problems? What, like, okay, this but, person you idolize, what? But like, why was this the moment that? you made that joke slash right. connection that's like basically applicable to the whole book. the whole book because in this moment there's a new danger it's like oh it's the woods where charlie is searching and so now she's thinking not about victoria coming to charlie by way of bella but like charlie going to victoria and so she's like this danger is new now in this way and so like now she's got a problem solve you know and okay. I was like, what would okay. Jane Austen do? <laughs> and I laughed and I laughed to myself. And I texted you guys and got nothing. I mean, we responded. I mean, yeah. I said I don't get it. Okay, so then we learned how the werewolves have to do everything that Sam says. Because Sam is the capital A alpha. Uh, yeah. This is also another weird, like, taking away the werewolves agency thing. And it's a weird yep. masculinity thing. Mm. Yep. Like, it's uncomfortable that he has to do whatever Sam says. Well, I was thinking the idea of, like, an alpha male. Right. Just that idea in general. We're just reinforcing that bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. I assume that alpha males come from the idea of a wolf pack. I believe it does, and I think that has been disproven within wolf packs. Like, the hierarchy within a wolf pack is not really this intense, and it's mostly just, like, parent wolves. There might be, like, a, a sex difference in wolf packs. Like, the, there's probably a male in charge, but just, like, the rigidity of the hierarchy thing is much more of a thing in werewolf literature than it is in wolves. <laughs> If I told you guys about this girl that I went to high school with who, when she was in middle school, so she was like an animal person. You yes, know, like, was she a wolf girl? No, she was an animal person, like all yeah, animals. Yeah. She carried around these like really ginormous animal encyclopedias all the time. We Aww. were friends. She was cool. But when she was like in middle school, 
she sat down at the boy table because you know like of course like boys had their table and like girls had their Mm -hmm. tables she like would sit at a boy table every day and like observe them to learn about them and then at the end of each lunch she would designate an alpha and give him a piece of candy (laughs) what the fuck that's incredible Our school had something called chapel talks, which was senior year. You would like go to the chapel. It was a Catholic school and give, you know, just like a speech about something you've learned from your life experience to the whole high school. And it was so fun. Her chapel talk, she talked about that. And like, you could see all the guys like, I remember that. And being like, oh, like that time. And like, what a natural sociologist. Yeah. I believe she um, is now in medical school to become a surgeon. Wow. Yeah. Um, this is only tangentially related, but this reminds me of when I was in elementary school and I was friends with three boys, which was like strange and tall of me. And it, it was like, we only hung out at recess. It wasn't like my whole life. They were my only friends. Um, but one of them liked to pretend to be Steve Irwin. And then the rest of us <laughs> would just like, you know, go along with it. <laughs> Childhood. His name is Matt K. Oh, uh, I hope he's God. doing well. Yeah, look I have him no up. idea what he's up to. No idea. Look him up, please. Send him a link to this episode. <laughs> wow. Also, the wolves can talk to each other in their heads. And to contradict myself, Jacob says that when I changed, it was the most horrible, the most terrifying thing I've ever been through. Worse than anything I could have imagined. So, to Maya's point, he probably couldn't tell that he was a wolf. But there were people talking to him, telling him that he was a werewolf, so. I want to know, okay, so let's say that you fall asleep while you're a werewolf, um, and then someone in your pack is in wolf form. Do they, like, get your wolfy little dreams? I bet yes. Probably. Do, like, does their voice infiltrate your dream space? Maybe. I think you could, like, change someone else's dream. I feel like sleeping while you're a wolf, though, is pretty rare well later jacob turns into a wolf for like a long time right yeah you could definitely do it could just live that way indefinitely yeah i would just live as a wolf for sure dreaming is like very loud thinking so i don't that's just my (laughs) own theory (laughs) so jacob gets the information from bella that she actually knows things about vampires like no fucking shit he's like oh we should um tell the rest of the pack and jacob's like yeah let's go do that um and that's bada bing bada boom that's it that's the chat then he says who's afraid of the big bad wolf and then Uh, he's afraid of the big bad wolf who's afraid also at one point he says um edward's name and he's like oh sorry i forgot you don't like to say his name or hear it and that's just like a nice little, I felt like I could maybe sense a little bit of an editor in that moment. Like, hey, Stephanie, um, the emotional through line here. Uh, <laughs> we don't want to forget that all this is really about Edward. Edward thing. I just felt like maybe that was an edit. No way to know, but it's possible. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Uh, best sentence, worst sentence? Ooh. My worst was the one that started Bella Honey. Like, I don't even yep, care what comes after that. that was my too. It's awful. 
I think it's because it happens during this conversation. Like, maybe I wouldn't have been so no, mad I, about it if he'd started I, saying that when they were, like, normal and friends. No, I still think that'd be weird. He's a 16-year-old boy with a crush on an older girl who called, like, no, this is, this is a Stephanie, this is a Stephanie moment. Yeah, like, I don't, I wouldn't have liked it then either because we know that Bella isn't into him like that. Right, true. exactly. That's so true. it would just feel, That's like, weird, unwanted. Ugh. attention yeah no it's it's gross i hate everything about it but now he's a wolf so he's more powerful and uh. like superior to her and so he can patronize her like that uh. it's now i wish that you could see my face but you can't um well relatedly i'll read my worst which i'm just picking right now but um she gives jacob a hug and says I threw my arms around him. It reminded me of that first day with the motorcycles. He was bigger, though, and I felt even more like a child now. <laughs> why do we have to make child comparisons? Yeah, why? <laughs> like, we, they're not necessary. Some adults are different sizes than each other. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to feel like a child. And some oh. kids are big. Yeah. Like, Creepy. they're like 12-year-olds who are like, five nine like it's true i stopped growing in seventh grade oh me too though oh wow olivia seventh grade yeah yeah um i have a sentence that i think could also be a worse sentence since um we have the same one maya um only because i didn't get it it's just like a weird sentence that i can't picture it's where she finds out again that victoria is around and is newly nauseated by it and it says i felt jacob pull me up from my slump my sentence is he draped me awkwardly across his lap laying my limp head against his shoulder and struggled to balance me to keep me from well i guess it doesn't make that much it's not that weird but i like i don't know i couldn't picture it i was like i don't understand is she like on the floor right now and like he just like pulled her into his lap and I was like gross don't do that I don't like that either he can't do anything comforting without it feeling predatory because exactly. we know that he's willing to violate her boundaries exactly that's it that's it my best sentence comes during something that I don't like happened but I like the sentence <laughs> so it's after they have just cleared up their fun, quirky, wacky mishap that she thinks he's a murderer and he <laughs> thinks they're talking about something else. Right. He took one long stride and caught me in another vice-tight bear hug. I hate that. Ugh. Unnecessary. And then she's like, I can't breathe. Like, I don't like the hug. Oh, yeah. But I really liked his line of dialogue here. You really honestly don't mind that I morph into a giant dog? He asked, his voice <laughs> oh, yeah. joyful in my ear uh that's, that's so one. fun that's a that's a good one it's yeah. just delightful i'll um i'll throw it to this one victoria was already hunting me it was just luck that she hadn't found me yet just luck and five teenage werewolves yeah it's <laughs> a, a good little jab yeah I, I did like that one yes that's all i got though <laughs> mm, let's see um i do like this passage it put things into perspective for me um it's when she's talking about how you know she just finds out that jacob is a werewolf and she's like 
I found out about vampires and I was fine. And so now I'm finding out about werewolves and I'm like kind of freaking out a little bit. And she says, besides there never been one moment that I wasn't completely aware that Edward Cullen was above and beyond the ordinary. It wasn't such a surprise to find out what he was because he so obviously was something. But Jacob, Jacob, who was just Jacob and nothing more than that, Jacob, my friend, Jacob, the only human I'd ever been able to relate to. And I was like, aw, yeah, sorry, Bella. <laughs> and then, actually, I like how she goes on. She says, and he wasn't even human. I fought the urge to scream again. What did this say about me? <laughs> Which I think is back to that classic Bella, like, there must be something wrong with me. Like, I only relate to non-human beings. Which I find very relatable because we all think that we are the weirdest. Right. And then I just want to put out there, she says, why else would my life be filled with characters from horror movies? And I couldn't resist writing down, uh, bad luck. (laughs) (laughs) Great point. I just really appreciated appreciated the fact that, yeah, we called out that Edward is very obviously not a human. And Jacob here was just a regular person before, and now he's not. And that's probably really jarring. Like, I'm sorry that people yeah. in your life change like that. He had just said, I'll never hurt you. And then he went and turned into a werewolf. And, didn't and he went and it. became a mythical being. <laughs> yep. If you can rely on a man for one thing, it is to find a way to break his word. Oh. <laughs> and True, on that Maya. negative note. <laughs> uh next week we're gonna read chapter 14 yeah we are already read it bitches i'm ready listeners as always let us know what you're thinking (laughs) what are your comments and questions and uh you know complaints who's your favorite uh don't tell us who's your favorite at twilightfacepodcast at gmail.com as previously mentioned if you'd like to support the podcast check out patreon.com slash twilight phase podcast you can also follow us at twilight underscore phase on twitter and insta and twilight phase podcast on tumblr disclaimer we owe nothing the twilight universe and all characters belong only to stephanie meyer please don't sue us audio editing by olivia bob Perse. cover image by laura Shermer. our theme music is written and performed by adrian mooring we'll be back next week and if you don't like it you can bite me Bye. 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 Chomp, chomp. Bye, bye, bye. bye. <laughs>